man, if you spend even all your money, even if you do, which a lot of people won't, even if they just get your home, and we know what home values are right now today, they're, they're all high, I said, that's a huge blessing. I said, when my dad passed, I didn't expect this as well when I was 19. I said, I didn't get anything from my dad. I didn't get a dime. So just to get something would be a huge, a huge blessing to pass on. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Welcome in to Retirement Reality. I'm Ben George alongside Mike Coyne. He's the founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services, serving Minnesota and Wisconsin. You can find him online at principalpreservationservices.com. Mike, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing awesome, Ben. Good morning. And uh, yeah, things have been great. It's things, great to things, hear. Yeah. Uh, football season is soon upon us. Yeah, I know. The Vikings, the Vikings uh, back in, in action. And I guess uh, I know... Fans are. It looks like fans are going to be back in these NFL stadiums. The first NFL game was played. Uh, the preseason game, full house, the first like full capacity in a long time. It was nice to see. Oh, I didn't see that, but yeah, it's good to hear that. I think all all the uh, stadiums are going to have fans this year, which is uh, should be normal, but you know, it's definitely different. Yeah, it definitely is different, and wishing, uh, hoping the, for the best the rest of the year, and hopefully things continue to be smooth throughout. But today we're going to focus yeah. uh, our conversation on age um, and wisdom that you gain over time. And a lot of times your perspective of money changes over time, and how, obviously you're making adjustments to your plan over time. So we're going to talk about how the age and wisdom kind of factor into that financial planning process. I think this will be an interesting conversation, and Mike, with a lot of experience, can, can really kind of guide us through this conversation today. So Mike, when you work with clients, how do you see them change their perspective about money and wealth as they get older? I know this is something that everybody kind of does. We all evolve and change, but what do you see specifically from your clients? Yeah, I mean, it has changed a lot. When we're younger, we think, geez, making $100,000 a year is life-changing. And it, it is good income, yeah. but obviously, you know, with inflation, $100,000 a year today isn't what it used to be, you know, 10, 20 years ago. So, but the same thing is we all have that, that magic figure in our mind, right? A million dollars. Man, if I have a million dollars, I'll be able to retire, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but a million dollars today, it, it might, it might not be enough for retirement. So I think there's a clear level of of just reality, a lot of maturity here with the clients that we're working with, people are close to or in retirement, understanding really what their needs are. When we show them having, you know, you know, they have over a million dollars or the clients I was with last night have, you know, like 2.7 million of just financial assets, which is great. But also when people want to retire sooner, they understand, oh, even though this is a lot of money, it could change fast because they understand how money works. And when you're not adding to that bucket anymore in retirement, you're taking money out as a game changer. So I think there's a high, just a high level of understanding. People have gained over the years, maturity, and you know this mystique of money and these these big amounts don't jar them side to side anymore. They they don't uh, they don't get them off track. Yeah, no. When you get that first job offer out of high out of college, and it's <laughs> you know that seems like you're making all kinds of money, but you look back at later and you're like, how did I even survive off of that? Yeah, when I was in college, looking at teaching (laughs) jobs, thinking I was going to be a teacher, and looking at starting teaching jobs, twenty four, twenty five thousand a year, I'm like, 
<laughs> thought that was a lot of money, and um, uh, I really appreciate the teachers, but I'm glad I didn't go into teaching. I, unfortunately, <laughs> you don't you don't do it for yeah. the money, but right. uh, I wouldn't have nine children today if I was a teacher. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, one of the things you look back over over time, right, in, in all ex- aspects of our life, is like we look back at, at lessons that we've learned, and hey, what would we have done differently? What would we change? What would we tell our younger self, right, about mm-hmm. about life if we had the chance? Is there anything that you consistently hear people say they wish they had known earlier? about money or just wish they had done differently when they were younger? Yeah, outside of the fact of we all look back and the woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, we call those the Ben brothers, coulda been, woulda been, shoulda been, if I would have done this. We all hear the same things. I wish I would have put money in Apple. I wish I would have put money in Amazon. I'd be, you know, a a multi-multi-millionaire if I had done that. But outside of those no-brainers, the keys are starting sooner. A lot of people say, I wish I would have started sooner, saving um, money sooner, but also put more money aside if they would have known. Because knowing where the market is today, knowing where it was then, understanding that. So those are two of the big ones. But also, some people made the mistake of saying when the markets were volatile, they pulled their money out for a period of time. Some, some people pulled them out for you know four or five years and just sat mm-hmm. them in cash and just got no growth at all instead of actually putting that money in, getting the dollar cost averaging and letting that money grow and they would have been so much further off if they would have just kept their money in. So I understand you know, it's hard not to be emotional when you 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 know you lose 25, 40% of your money in, in a short period of time, but long-term, it's not about trying to time the market, it's about time in the market that will help you in retirement. You know, the one thing I think about when I think about this question is, um, I wish I would have taken advantage of a Roth sooner. I think that's kind of where, where my mind goes to immediately. Yeah, uh, that's another one for our clients that are already retired. They wish they would have done more Roth, or um, at least they wish the employers would have informed them that Roth 401ks were available. Right. And I think that's unfortunately when most of our savings are, you know, our client savings are in 401ks or 403bs, employer sponsor plans. Unfortunately, a lot of the employers are not being very good advocates for the Roth or, you know, informing them of that option. And so what happens, they just, they miss out for for several years or at totally through their uh, retirement saving years. Yeah, no question. You know, with money, as we earn it, I think it, it does ease a lot of the tension and a lot of our worries, right? As we have money, we don't worry about a, a smaller problems as much. Hopefully a lot of people are in that position. Do you see that the same way as people that are re- approaching retirement that, they worry maybe less about financial issues or do they worry more about financial issues issues as they approach retirement versus where they were earlier in life well they're just, yeah, again different worries like you said you know we know the two biggest fears these have been polls have been done and they, they come back with the same top two biggest fears for retirees so they there is a lot of worry and we see them different levels of the spectrum on here but Number one, they don't want to be burdened to their children in retirement. They don't want to rely. They want to be self-reliant on themselves. But also, they don't want to run out of money before they run out of life. That is their biggest concern. And so, I mean, I'm not concerned about that at 49 years old. And most people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are not having that big worry on their shoulders about running out of money because they're still putting money aside or hopefully just starting to put money aside, some of those people. So that's the biggest concern that people have is now they're thinking about medical issues. Now they're thinking about, you know, long-term care. Do I need it? Should I self-insure my, you know, my long-term care needs in retirement? You know, what does that look like? So totally different level of worry, 
higher level worry, I should say, rather than just meeting your needs and getting by and paying the bills mm-hmm. um, to, man, it's not just getting by, it's leaving behind and, and um, making sure we can leave money behind, which you know I think the next question you can, we talked about for today is leaving a legacy behind. And again, that's on the... <laughs> the spectrum as well. Some people could care less to leave a legacy behind their kids. Some people come in here and say, my kids are doing better financially than I am. They don't need any of my money. They don't need my home. But then we hear on the other side where people are coming in here saying, my kids say, don't spend my inheritance. (laughs) And like, oh my goodness, there's, that's uh, the wrong attitude to have. You know, whose inheritance is it? Is it a right to leave money behind to your family? I mean, we would like to do that. Most people want to. Mm-hmm. But if you have just enough for your, your own retirement, why should you have to have that pressure to, to fund somebody else's retirement? And so we've seen those issues as well. I did a seminar a couple of years ago, and a lady came up to me afterwards. And I, I was stuck with me because she was upset when we talk about her mom actually went into the nursing home. And we know how expensive nursing homes are, but she was in the nursing home for like nine years. Well, because she's getting care and she had a lot of money, they started spending, obviously, her assets to pay for her care. That's what happens. Government just doesn't pay for it for free. If you have money to pay, you're going to pay. The spend down doesn't start until you you get your assets as a single person in Minnesota down to 3,000 and Wisconsin down to two grand. So it doesn't leave you much for these are for singles. And um, she goes, how can they do that? My mom told me I never had to worry about saving for retirement, which is error number one. Don't tell your kids that you're going <laughs> to yeah, save enough for the whole family. And she did. So then this daughter never saved a dime, counted on mom's inheritance, mm. and uh, everything was spent between paying for the nursing home, Wells Fargo, one of the banks. Nothing wrong with Wells Fargo, but they had to you know, start paying all the bills. Uh, the attorney fees, uh, Wells Fargo got paid for their job as well. So when they paid each other and themselves and, and pay the bills, there was nothing left. And that's just reality. That can happen. And so don't be telling your children <laughs> that you're going to fund your retirement. What I say in, what I say to my clients, I said, you know, if they even get the house, that's a huge blessing. I said, if you're, you know, most, most of our clients or homes are paid for. And I said, if, man, if you spend even all your money, even if you do, which a lot of people won't, even if they just get your home, and we know what home values are right now today, they're, they're all high. I said, that's a huge blessing. I said, when my dad passed, I didn't expect this as well when I was 19. I said, I didn't get anything from my dad. I didn't get a dime. So just to get something would be a huge, a huge blessing to pass on. Do you think that people do change their opinion though? Like I think about legacy, like I, I never, th- I mean, when you're younger, you don't think about legacy at all, right? I mean, maybe right. there's a few people that do, but as you get older and you have family, that's when you start actually kind of shifting your mindset, right? And thinking about, I'm sure now with you, you having nine children, you think about your legacy probably a lot differently than you did 20 years ago, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, get a state plan put together, making sure that, you know, as I do more travel, we, we we're make sure that everything is buttoned up that um, things would go without a flaw. There's, there's enough life insurance to make sure my wife will never have to work again a day of her life, be debt-free, and you know, be able to invest some of that money. So, yeah, I think as we get older, we should be more thoughtful of not just ourselves but others. And, yeah, so we can do that estate planning with you know, the, the legal documents, with life insurance, make sure a plan is put in place, that you're not just winging it. 
So don't get so busy in life that you forget to put a plan together. Um, and now we're just talking about your own retirement plan. We're talking about an estate plan to make sure that your family is, is taken care of so there's not a nightmare. Because I've seen the, the side where they didn't do the planning and the wife had to go to work where she was a stay-at-home mom because they didn't have enough life insurance. I've seen people have to almost feel like they, they put off the grieving process because they're forced to go to court to, to get the house they've been living in for several decades back in their name through probate court. So, yeah, we need to definitely be thinking for the for the uh, the legacy and for the future within our daily lives, which I know can be busy. We're, we're all busy. We're all working a lot of hours. We have our careers. We have our specialties. Uh, but don't get so busy you forget to do that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's talk about risk for a minute and how that perspective changes over time. I know that when we're younger, you know, it's okay to take on risk. And I think a lot of people feel more comfortable with risk because, well, I think, A, you have less to lose, right, uh, when you're mm-hmm. younger on than you do a little bit later in life. But how do you see people that you work with changing their opinions about risk as they get older? Yeah, typically, as you know, the clientele we're working with, on average, say 55 you know, to 75, they're wanting to reduce their risk. Most people are. I would say you know, 85, 90% agree with me. They say, I want to lower my risk. And even a meeting I had last night with clients, they, they were in that moderate aggressive portfolio and looking to retire in a couple of years, not I think three to four years. And they're like, we just can't afford to be in this high level of risk anymore. We took the risk when we could and uh, the markets were great. So you also have to look at, we had some of the best markets we've ever had the last 12, 15 years. So but I also hear <laughs> it's risky not to take risk. You know, when you think about it that way, uh, you have to take some level of risk in your life, but also you have to measure that level of risk as you get older because what you have today might be 90% of what you will have in retirement. You know, if you saved up so much money and you're going to retire this year or early next year, you have to look at what's your opportunity to grow this money. Is that your main importance or is your opportunity not to lose going to be more important to you? And so that's where most people are saying, yeah, losing 25 to 35% would be a huge blow to me emotionally, financially, even though I, I probably could recover the stress of it. I, I don't know if I could. So that's why I need to downplay some of my risk at this point. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting conversation about, about age and, and wisdom. And, you know, it kind of goes back to that old quote that age is the price of wisdom. Um, and we do learn a lot over, mm-hmm. over time. And, and we definitely see that. And, and it's just a good reminder, too, that if you are younger or, you know, no matter what age you are, it's always important to be building a plan and be thinking about your plan, how you're going to adjust your plan along the way. And it's never too late or too early to start, right, Mike? Never, never. There's a lot of people who get started later in life because maybe they went through a tough, you know, divorce or they lost a business or in this area, we've had some farmers that had lost and had to start over in careers. So life is not perfect, but it the nice thing about it, it's no respecter person. So if you have a uh, some kind of big catastrophic event in your life, you can overcome that. It just takes hard work, discipline, and there's some people that have only been saving for 10 to 15 years and have over half a million dollars. So you could do that. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, if you want to learn more, if you want to talk to Mike more about anything we discuss on the show, again, principalpreservationservices.com is the website, and you can call him directly. His team will be there for you at 855 987 8888. And we're also here for you every show with uh, mailbag questions. So if you do have something, you can send it in to us. Mike, I got a couple of questions for you today. All right. uh, one's from Charles that kind of ties into this conversation pretty well. He says, 
I've been very blessed and I probably have more money and investments than I'll need during my life. Should I start giving away money to my kids and grandkids now so that they don't have to worry as much about estate taxes and probate costs? Yeah, good question. And Charles, I don't know what your value of your estate is, but on the federal level per person, uh, you have estate tax exemption is $11.7 million. So unless your estate is much higher than that, I th- think you might want to be considering things like what you're talking about. If you're married, you actually have a $23.4 million estate tax exemption this year in 2021. So if you're well under that, there's other things you can be doing. My biggest concern is we all always want to make sure that you have uh, enough money for retirement and a buffer. Now, you know, you stated that you think you should have enough and we hope you do have enough, but as make sure that is, and then you can start gifting. There's a, a $15,000 gift tax exclusion you can give per person every year. And that means you can gift it to your you know, maybe you have five grandchildren, you can give $15,000 to each grandchild, and you don't get a tax deduction, but they don't pay taxes on that money, and you can start gifting money aside that way. But when it comes to probate, you mentioned probate as well. As long as you have beneficiaries on these accounts, there is no probate. So probate comes in, into effect if you, there's accounts or estates, you know, maybe your home, does, it's not in a trust, or maybe you don't have a transfer and death deed, that could be probatable, or any of your accounts are missing beneficiaries, that could be probatable. As long as you have beneficiaries on all your, your assets, you won't have to worry about probate. So, and when your children or grandchildren, whoever's going to inherit this money, they inherit it at the stepped up value, and that's where the rules are today. So, um, as long as you're, again, your state tax is under $11.7 million for a single, you don't have to worry about taxes. Thank you for that question, Charles. We got another one from William. He says, investing for retirement seems simple to me. Why not just invest in dividend paying stocks, live off the dividends and never dip into your principal? Perfect scenario. <laughs> we hear, I've heard this before many times. Every year I hear the same thing. Well, first of all, dividend paying stocks don't always pay dividends and things could change. We saw what happened last year in 2020. A lot of high end dividend paying uh, stocks quit paying dividends or cut them drastically. So that's not a guarantee. So we've seen you know, oil stocks cut theirs or, or stop theirs. We've seen some of the bigger dividend paying ones of the airline companies, the cruise lines, um, they quit paying dividends altogether. So that's not a 100% foolproof plan. And what happens is eventually, you know, your RMDs have to be taken out. If this is an IRA accounts, you're eventually going to be dipping into your principal. Your dividends won't just cover your RMDs. So you're going to have to be taken into your, dipping into your principal, and then that means your uh, dividends will be reduced as well. So it's not a perfect plan. I understand what you're saying. Most of the time it's going to work pretty good, but it, it's not foolproof. Yeah, not at all. Well, thanks for those questions, Charles and William. We will uh, close it out on that note. we got a few more we'll get to on our next episode. So please make sure you subscribe to the show wherever it is you listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, wherever it is, we'll be there for you, and we'll have a new episode every couple of weeks. And again, I encourage you to check out the show. All of our past episodes are online, principalpreservationservices.com. And again, Mike, the founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services, uh, is there for you. If you want to set up a meeting, get that ball rolling, talk about anything we discuss on the show, he's always available for you. Mike, with age comes wisdom, and we appreciate <laughs> yours today. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we, we give some good, good information for those listening today. Thanks, I think, Ben. I think so. Thank you.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.